You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and on Young and Profiting Podcast, we investigate a new topic each week and interview some of the brightest minds in the world. My goal is to turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your everyday life, no matter your age, profession, or industry. There's no fluff on this podcast, and that's on purpose. I'm here to uncover value from my guests by doing the proper research and asking the right questions. If you're new to the show, we've chatted with the likes of ex-FBI agents, real estate moguls, self-made billionaires, CEOs, and best-selling authors. Our subject matter ranges from enhancing productivity, how to gain influence, the art of entrepreneurship, and more. If you're smart and like to continually improve yourself, hit the subscribe button because you'll love it here at Young and Profiting Podcast. Hey, everyone. I am just going randomly live. I had an interview scheduled with Olivia Fox Caban. She is the author of The Charisma Myth, and she's now into all these alternative protein industry things. And I had an interview with her today, but uh, she was caught in a snowstorm and she ended up canceling. So I had my hair and my makeup done. And this is what I do when, when interviews get canceled. I hop on LinkedIn Live and I talk to my fans because I have this hour free and I usually don't have a free hour. And so I figured I'll hop on here, stay on here for 20, 30 minutes, and uh, you can feel free to ask me anything. So uh, it's going to be a couple minutes before I actually see any of the comments coming through. But if you have a question for me, type it in the chat so I can answer it for you. I know everything about podcasting, LinkedIn, personal branding, side hustles, social media in general, marketing in general. Ask me whatever you want and I'll try to answer it as best as I can. And uh, just a quick announcement to everyone if, if if you're listening in. I actually just gave my notice to Disney streaming services and my last day is Thursday. So in two days is my last day. And it's really exciting. I was there for two years. It was a wonderful experience. I learned so much. I have nothing but good things to say about Disney. But I'm really excited to be taking this entrepreneurial leap. And I just launched a media company. It's called Yap Media. And we're a full-service podcast and social media marketing agency. We're focused on LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, and podcasting, and now Clubhouse, too. And it's just super exciting. So if you guys want to ask me about that, you can ask me about that. I built a six-figure side hustle. So um, that's something that that's pretty interesting, and I'd love to talk about you know what I think in terms of how to build a good side hustle. And so I, I see a couple people uh, rolling in the comments here. So welcome to my Ask Me Anything session. As I said earlier, one of my uh, I was supposed to interview Olivia Fox Cabane. She's the author of The Charisma Myth, and she had a snowstorm, and she had to cancel. So I decided to hop on here like I always do every time my interviews get canceled. So let me know where you're listening from. Type it in the chat. I'm just now seeing comments roll through. So what's up? Omer, Jake, Jillian, Brian, Red, thank you guys all for uh, tuning in here. Let's have a fun Ask Me Anything session. So let's kick it off with the first question. The first one is from Omer Hassan. What's the one thing you would tell your younger self? I would tell myself that you're never too old to learn something new and you should just go after your dreams and not worry what other people think about it. 
So for a long time, when I was younger, when I was in college, I was working at a radio station when all of my siblings were in medical school. And it was really difficult for me to, to go to family functions, to go to Thanksgiving and have everybody talking about their rotation in medical school. And I was talking about my radio job that I basically worked for free for at a radio station. And I felt like everybody kind of looked down upon me. And now, you know, fast forward to today and I'm like making more money than all my siblings who are doctors, you know, and like more successful, you know, arguably in different ways. I mean, they help people and I help people in different ways, but I think I'm much happier than them because I actually followed my dreams. I didn't just like follow in my father's footsteps. And so I would say like really just focus on what you want to do. And if you work hard, if you have good intentions, if if you try your hardest and, and really, you know, try to learn everything you can about what you want to do and, and be the best at what you do, you'll succeed. And so I would just say, don't worry about what other people think. Follow your gut, follow your intuition, follow your dreams, because that will bring you where you really want to be. Thanks for the question. The next one is from Jake. Jake Ross. Hey, Hala, what's the best way to manage your calendar? Is there a good software that can help with managing it with clients that's more intuitive? So we use a lot of different tools at Young and Profiting. We use Calendly, we use Schedule Once, we use Mixmax. They all are good for different reasons. I really personally love Mixmax. Uh, the reason why I like that is that you can actually embed a calendar within an email and ask people to just like click on the, the different dates and times and it automatically schedules it for them. And it's just really good if you want people to take action directly in the email. They don't have to follow a link or anything. They just literally click a button and it just looks like a calendar that's like interactive that they click. And so Mixmax is really cool and it lets you give specific times rather than like them just selecting any open time on your calendar. For instance, I like to do my interviews around this time or like one in the afternoon. And so only those times are, are available for people when I send them that, uh, you know, embedded calendar in the email. So Mixmax is good. I don't really have a better answer for that one. What advice do you have for marketing a podcast? This is from Jillian. What a great question. And I have uh, so much advice to give on this topic. I actually grew my podcast to over 1.5 million downloads. We get over 125,000 downloads a month. Uh, we're the top number one trending education podcast in education across all apps right now. And like last week, we're number eight across all categories, across all apps. So my podcast is, is doing really well. And it wasn't the case all the time. You know, two years ago, I really was staying pretty flat and my downloads weren't that impressive. I was definitely growing my brand on LinkedIn, but my downloads weren't that impressive. And I achieved hockey stick growth because I stopped worrying so much about Apple. That was the big turning point for me. So for a while, all I cared about was Apple Podcasts. Please listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please leave me Apple Podcast reviews. I need to increase my Apple Podcast ranking. As soon as I realized that when I told people that, usually their answer would be, I don't use an iPhone or I don't use that app or I hate that app or I want to watch on YouTube. That's when I realized that, wow, people don't really listen on Apple Podcasts. And although the industry is still behind in realizing that, I realized that, wow, there's a lot of other apps, CastBox, Overcast, Spotify, that are really gaining market share, YouTube, and I should be more visible on those apps. And so I contacted Podacy, I contacted 
CastBox, Overcast, and I told them like, hey, I've got a big LinkedIn following. I'd love to partner with you guys. Is there any way that you can feature my podcast in return? And so I just started partnering with all these apps, Podcast Republic. Uh, There's so many of them that I partnered with this year. And they would put me in their paid ad featured spot or they'd write a blog about me. And that was really impactful because then all of a sudden my downloads started increasing on all of these other apps and with word of mouth and and like with the promotions that just really helped my downloads explode. And so you want to be where the podcast listeners are. That was the secret that kind of like clicked in my head with that whole like, you know, experiment and reaching out to those apps. You want to be where the podcast listeners are and they're on all the different apps, not just Apple. And a lot of these apps have advertising opportunities. You can get paid ad banners. You know, you can get them to send push notifications on your behalf. It's not very visible in terms of finding those advertising opportunities. Sometimes you need to contact somebody who works at the company or you need to have a decent, you know, visible brand of your podcast. And so it worked out for me and I kind of just shot my shots and and emailed all these people and just, you know, approached people proactively. and, And it really worked out in my favor. The other thing I'll say is guesting on other podcasts. So again, you want to be where podcast listeners are. So if they're listening to a podcast, chances are they have seven other podcasts in the rotation. So if you guest on another podcast, you can potentially get that listener who's listening to you on that show to go and find your show and listen to it afterwards. Um, Or you can do commercials on other podcasts, which is very similar to that. Um, There's podcorn.com, advertisecast.com, and you can essentially buy a commercial on another podcast and promote your podcast because you would be speaking directly to podcast listeners. So that's my best advice uh, when it comes to marketing a podcast outside of obviously social media and things like that. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn, because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to Learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that They can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who want to try LinkedIn ads. You can get a $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you want to make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Young and profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You got to beat inflation. 
I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password. And then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff. Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Hey, Yap fam, starting my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass was one of the best things I've ever done for my business. I didn't have to waste time figuring out all the nuts and bolts of setting up a website that had everything I needed, like a way to buy my course, subscription offerings, chat functionality, and so on, because it was super easy with Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your first product, finally taking your side hustle full time, or making half a million dollars from your masterclass like me. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered as you scale. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to other options out there. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., from huge shoe brands like Allbirds to vegan cosmetic brands like Thrive Cosmetics. Actually, back on episode 253, I interviewed the CEO and founder of Thrive Cosmetics, Carissa Bodnar, and she told me about how she set up her store with Shopify and it was so plug and play, her store exploded right away. Even for a makeup artist type girl with no coding skills, it was easy for her to open up a shop and start her dream job as an entrepreneur. That was nearly a decade ago. And now it's even easier to sell more with less thanks to AI tools like Shopify Magic. And you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. So you can focus on the important stuff, the stuff you like to do. Because businesses that grow Grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting, and that's all lowercase. If you want to start that side hustle you've always dreamed of, if you want to start that business you can't stop thinking about, if you have a great idea, what are you waiting for? Start your store on Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting shopify.com slash profiting for $1 per month trial period. Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting. 
All right, guys, uh, keep popping in your questions here. I know we've got a lot of folks uh, listening in. Let me know where you're listening from so I can shout you out. Ask me anything about podcasts, marketing, LinkedIn, social media, whatever it is. I just left my full-time job. If you want to ask me about my new entrepreneurship adventure, uh, whatever it is, just type it in the chat. What's up, Brian? What's up, Red, Aaron, Michael, Mahmoud, Justina, Mario, Abraham, Dujan, Maria, Farhan, Timothy. Awesome. What's up, guys? Thanks so much for joining me tonight. And I've been obsessed with Clubhouse and I was feeling really guilty. I was like, I'm spending all this time on Clubhouse and I haven't done a LinkedIn Live. So here I am showing you guys some love because I'm not going to forget about LinkedIn, even though Clubhouse is a lot of fun. (laughs) Okay, so we have... At what point, this is from Mahmoud, at what point do you realize you're not getting the most out of your current role and should consider making a switch? So I think that's definitely a very personal question. Uh, For me specifically, I just left my role at Disney Streaming. And for me, it was because I felt like my career at Disney was just going like this, like relatively flat sort of going up and my career outside of Disney was going like that. So that's why I left because I just felt like there was so much opportunity outside of Disney for me. I landed the cover of Podcast Magazine. My downloads have skyrocketed. I'm landing bigger and bigger guests. And of course, I launched a company and there's a lot of demand for my services. And I realized I was pushing off clients and potential opportunities because I was too busy with my work at Disney and couldn't handle anything else. And I have employees, full-time employees that left their day jobs to work at Yap Media full-time. And I just started feeling ridiculous that I have 30 some odd people on payroll and I still have a full-time job. It just didn't really make sense anymore. And I could have left a while ago, but I was kind of just holding on to the security blanket. So I put my big girl pants on and I decided that, you know, the opportunity is just too big to pass up. If I want to have a big reward, I have to take some sort of a risk. I built this side hustle for so long and did it in a way where there'd be like the minimum amount of risk. Of course, there's still some risk with leaving your full-time job and and becoming a new entrepreneur and starting a new business. But I feel like I built it up enough where I felt safe and that I wasn't going to make a stupid decision, that that I was generally going to be okay. And unless something drastic happened, I would be fine and I would be making just as much money as Disney once I left. So for me, it was like I I really worked really hard to build something on the side. And so I wouldn't suggest to just leave your current role if you have nothing else planned or if you have no plan B. I really built something on the side this whole time, which enabled me to be able to make a smart strategic decision about leaving my role. But I mean, if you feel like you're not learning, uh, that's that's a big sign. I never stay at a place if I feel like I'm not learning. If you feel like you're not getting opportunities that you would at another company that, you know, you're being singled out for some reason and they're not advancing you and you feel like you could advance more in other companies. And then also just to move up the ladder. I mean, when you stay in a specific company, many companies don't offer the ability to move up internally and it's very hard to get promoted internally. And oftentimes you have to leave to get a promotion and you can end up coming back to have a bigger role. And so, um, I would say if any of those things are a factor, you're not learning, you feel like you're not getting opportunities, that's a red flag to to try something new. And I would suggest 
try a side hustle, try dabbling in something that you enjoy and see how much you enjoy doing it. See if you can start making some money off of it and build that on the side. And then uh, you could choose to leave when you're ready. So that's, that's my advice to you. What's up, uh, Abraham, Mario, uh, Maria, Michael, Matt? Thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, this is from Deontay. Do you broadcast the video feed on YouTube or elsewhere? So this video feed, I might end up downloading this and putting this on YouTube. For my podcast, all my full episodes are on YouTube and we put micro content clips on YouTube. So yeah, most of the stuff that I do we ends up on YouTube. So I will ask my team to put this up on YouTube if you're interested. Otherwise, it will just live on my feed here on LinkedIn. Okay. Next question, LinkedIn user. At what point did you realize you needed a team for Yap and how did you build the team? Oh, I love this question. Good question. So funny story. I actually had people volunteer to work for Yap. So when I first started Young and Profiting, the first person who reached out to me episode by episode two was Timothy Tan. And he's actually listening in right now. And he's my business partner now. And after episode two or three, he reached out to me. Uh, we both had went to New Jersey Institute of Technology. He's a bit younger than me. And he was like, I saw your show. I'm so impressed. This is so cool. How can I help you? And we ended up meeting at, at a restaurant and I like pitched him this whole thing. And so he started helping me. He was the first one. He worked for free and he would just help me with graphics and videos. And at this point, we had a totally different brand. Like it sucked. <laughs> no offense, Tim, but like, and uh, Tim taught me all these things about LinkedIn automation that I had no idea about. He introduced me to Slack, really cool things. He's just like a very smart kid. And he kind of knew like all this cool stuff about the internet that I kind of lost sight of because at this point I was in corporate for many years and I was like stuck in this institution at HP and I was doing really well there, but I wasn't really learning too much about technology. It was a very traditional marketing company. And so I felt like I had like lost touch uh, previous to that. I used to like build websites and I was pretty big on Twitter and I had this entertainment news blog and I used to know a lot about YouTube and social media and websites and all this stuff. And then I took this corporate job and it really just like institutionalized me in terms of my knowledge. And I just became, I, I learned other skills, like how to write really well and how to project manage and, and do all this other kind of stuff. But I had like lost touch of like the internet and everything going on. And Tim really helped me because he was like, oh, you got to learn about Slack. You got to learn about Calendly. Like he told me about all this stuff when like, you know, years ago. And so Tim was the first person who worked for me again. Again, he worked for free. And then other people started reaching out to me. I had somebody from Estonia who was a huge fan of Young and Profiting, and he helped build my website for free. He was just into the movement, and we would invite everybody to our Slack channel. And uh, so he came on board. And then Parth, who's still on my team, came on board, and he started helping me with audiograms and videos. And then Shiv and Peter came and started helping me with research. And again, these were all volunteers. It was either friends of people who were already working on the podcast and who just heard about the experience and wanted to get involved. Or it was just fans who had reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, hey, I love your movement. I love what you're doing. I just want to help. And so I just was open to that opportunity. If somebody said that they wanted to help, I would have them on the team. I'd create a, an email for them. I'd invite them to Slack. I would teach them the ropes and they would just work hand in hand. And, and we would just we just did that. And I would say, you know, primarily in the beginning, I was doing 80% of the work, but it was very helpful for the 20% or 30% of work that my team helped me do in the beginning. 
Now, in terms of when I started getting like more and more people, it was as I started taking on more clients, I needed more people. And as my show started getting bigger, I just needed more help. And I didn't start paying everyone, to be honest, until this summer. And, and now everyone's getting paid and everyone's getting paid well. But it took a long time for us to monetize everything. And it was really once I started Young and Profiting Media, Yap Media, and uh, Heather Monahan was my first client that I was able to start paying people. And then Jason Waller, who's the CEO of Power Home Solar, he's like a billionaire. Now I'm doing all of his social media. And then Alex Carter signed on and then Brian Scudamore signed on and now Kara Golden. So, I mean, it's really exciting. And I've been able to scale my team to over 30. And uh, half my team is based in the Philippines and India. And then the other half is based in the U.S. And so the other thing I'll say is, if you guys notice, I have a lot of videos on LinkedIn. And what happened there was I was working with a company uh, called Video Husky and uh, they were doing my videos for me and I was paying this like monthly fee or whatever. And I was producing so much videos. It was technically unlimited videos that they told me I was fired as a client. And I was so upset because I was like, oh my gosh, this was so affordable. Now what am I going to do? And I'm so lucky that happened because it forced me to hire a video editor. And then that's how I started building my creative team in the Philippines. And it just it just happened that way that this company told me, like, you got too much going on, you're too demanding, and they fired me as a client. And then I hired a lady out in the Philippines to help me with videos. And then one thing led to another where it became like a graphic, another video editor, then a graphic designer, then, you know, now I have 15 people in the Philippines who are in on our creative team, and they're amazing. And so that's that's the story of how how my team got built. It was mostly volunteers that turned into part time that then turned into full time. And that's how we do. And then the other thing I'll say is uh, we're really into intern programs. And so I think the first official intern program that we had was this summer. And we recruit interns every like summer, spring, winter we train them up and then all the breakout, you know, superstar interns then get hired. So that's basically how I get new workers into Young and Profiting. And we actually just solicited for uh, research interns and we've got our intern kickoff Thursday. So you've got like one more day to try to be a YAP intern if you're interested. <laughs> okay. Listening from Atlanta, what's going on? Alexander Hall. Very cool. Mike Cavers, let's take your question. Can you recommend a great platform for morale boosting game shows for at-home work teams? I'm booking tons with Zoom, but I know there's so much more out there. Well, I would go on Etsy.com. They actually have like Zoom PowerPoint games that you can download. So I did this for my cousin's baby shower. I did like baby shower Jeopardy and it was really fun. And it had all the different theme show music and sound effects. And it was really cool. And I saw that they have a lot of different games on uh, Etsy for PowerPoint. I think they have like Wheel of Fortune and all the different game shows that you could imagine. So just go to Etsy.com and look up Zoom games and you'll see like a million of them. All right, guys, we've got uh, Rick listening in from Tampa. Thank you so much. Nick Ellingsworth is asking if I like bourbon. I don't like bourbon. I don't really even know what bourbon tastes like. I like tequila. I like Riesling white wine. 
those are my two favorites and vodka. So those are the drinks that I like and hard seltzers. All right, Ricardo says he wants Fuji to sponsor me. Well, I'm drinking Poland Springs right now. Carson is dropping by to say hi. Justina says, awesome work. It's an immense amount of work to build what you did. Keep growing. Thank you so much. Alexander says, is a corporate mindset the best state of mind? No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think, you know, after spending time in corporate, I think that there's definitely advantages to being in corporate. I mean, it's stable. I think that if it's a good company culture, there's lots of security and, you know, happiness that can come out of a corporate job. But if you're in a corporate job that has poor culture, it could be very detrimental to your health and it could just be a very difficult situation. And the problem with corporate is like, you don't know what you're getting into. Like, it's like kind of like, you know, you have a first date and then you get married. Uh, You know, you have your job interview, it's a first date and then you just get married and then you're stuck. And it's very hard to get out of if, if you don't fit in that culture. And for me, I had very different experiences compared to HP and Disney. I'm not going to talk bad about either company, but long story short, at HP, I was like a superstar. I was given so many opportunities. I worked you know, directly for the CMO of, of HP Financial Services. I was given lots of leadership opportunities. I was trusted. It was just... So like, you know, I just kept getting promoted and promoted and I probably would have stayed there for a really long time. And then I went to Disney and although I learned so much, it was so much more tech advanced and it was just, I learned so much and, uh, you know, the team was younger and so it was like more fun. But in terms of like advancement, I felt like I was an executive and then I kind of turned into an intern all of a sudden, like, although I had a decently high position, but it was just, I was just much more respected at HP. And so it's difficult. I feel like in the corporate world, it's like you never know what you're going to get. And it's kind of like a crapshoot. If you're in a great company, then yeah, stay there and, and like rise up the ranks. And, and that's great. But not all companies have a good culture. And I think that's that's a really big problem when it comes to the corporate world. All right. So we got oh LinkedIn user. What's your secret to profiting in life? Okay, I think this is a great question. And by the way, guys, uh, drop your questions in the chat. Otherwise, I'm going to just cut this short. Drop your questions in the chat. Ask me whatever you want about podcasting, about marketing, social media, whatever it is. Ask me anything. So what's your secret to profiting in life? This is such a good one. And this is the last question that I ask all my guests on Young and Profiting. So you're obviously a Young and Profiting listener. Thank you so much for tuning in. So my secret to profiting in life, I think, first of all, believing that life is limitless is really important. Like, I truly believe that I can be Oprah, that I could be the biggest female podcaster in the world, that my company is going to be as big as VaynerMedia and I will be as big as Gary Vee. Like, I truly believe that in my heart. And I feel like because I believe that in my heart and enables me to see the opportunities that other people wouldn't see, it enables me to take the chances that other people wouldn't take because I feel that life is limitless and I can actually achieve those things. And it doesn't matter how old I am. It doesn't matter how much experience I have. As long as I truly believe that I can do those things, I think that you know, subconsciously, I will take the actions to take those things. And so I think just 
the secret is to really believe inside that life is limitless and that you can achieve anything that you want to achieve. Your confidence will push you to do things that you would never imagine that you would ever be able to do. And it's just having that confidence and internal belief that I think like is the the differentiator between the people who really succeed and the people who just kind of like have a mediocre life. And so that's my, that's my secret to profiting in life that you need to just believe that life is limitless. Young and profiters. Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me. Indeed is the powerful hiring platform where I can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed has things like skills assessments, where when we have specific roles, we can find an assessment that matches that role and we can make sure they have the skills that we need. Then I can focus on culture fit. I can make sure they're scrappy enough and are obsessed with excellence and do all the things that we need to do for them to fit in at YAP. And Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools like Instant Match. An Instant Match basically matches you with candidates as soon as you put up a job post with people who are qualified right away. It's instant. And the best part is it gets better as you use it. So now when I use Indeed, especially when I'm hiring for similar roles, I get people right away where they know that I'm gonna like the candidates because they can see what my preferences were in the past. It gets better as you use it. According to US Indeed data, the moment Indeed sponsors a job, over 80% of employers get candidates whose resumes are a perfect match for the position. It's like waving a magic wand that gets better as you use it. So I love using Indeed. We've found a lot of our A players on there. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who count on Indeed to hire their next superstar like we do at Yap Media. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash profiting. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Again, that's indeed.com slash profiting and support the show by saying you heard about it on Young and Profiting Podcast. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. So this is from Michael. At what point did you feel that your social media game or experience needed improvement? And what steps were taken to get to where you are today? Great question. So I, when I first started on LinkedIn, I did have social media experience. I used to run social media for HP. I used to run their company page on LinkedIn. And I, I used to run social media for a festival company that used to throw like concerts and festivals. And then previous to that, I used to have uh, the sorority of hip hop, uh, strawberryblunt.com. And it was a hip hop entertainment news website. And we used to be really active on Twitter. And then we started getting into Instagram. And so it's like, I always had social media experience, but I definitely have leveled up my social media experience recently. And really it's just because it became an interest and a passion of mine. So when I first started on LinkedIn, I had about 2,000 connections. And when I first started my brand for Young and Profiting, it was a very bland brand. Green, it was like a muted green color for our logo and black. We had very like standard icons. Nothing was really like uh, customized to our brand, no bright colors. 
And once I switched my brand to be bright colors, something that really stands out in the feed, that's when we started getting a lot more traction. And then the other point that kind of had like an infliction point in terms of us like really getting momentum was when I switched from audio only podcast to video. And once I started creating really cool videos, uh, which a lot of people don't do on LinkedIn, and I stopped producing audiograms that I think uh, people were quite bored of, that's when things started really picking up. And before I did videos, I would do these cartoon comic book style audiograms. And that also really stood out because nobody else was doing that. And so I think being innovative and standing out is like the number one thing that you want to do on social media. If you notice, my colors are always really bright. I have bright patterns or it's a picture of me or a video of me because my fans connect with me when it's like, you know, that human connection. So when it's just like a like something that has no picture of a human on it, that's not going to do well either. So I think that's how my social media improved. It was It's more through like actual experience and repetition and reps. I started just learning, you know, what works, what doesn't work because I posted every single day. And so you get that instant feedback when you post every single day. I started to realize like, okay, text posts are doing really well at one point. And then I started to realize, okay, images with me on them and then some text, some catchy motivational text really does really well. So why don't I do more of that? And so I think just experimenting and also looking at what other people are doing. I saw other successful, you know, people on LinkedIn, Josh Fector, uh, back in the day, two years ago, he was huge on LinkedIn. He got banned. Uh, I actually interviewed him on my podcast, but like I would look at him and he he invented something called broetry, which is that line by line style that you see on LinkedIn, where it's like the first uh, line is like something emotional that hooks you in. And then it's just line by line and it kind of looks like a poem and they call it broetry because chunky paragraphs don't work. And so, again, it's like consistency, repetition, experimentation, learning what works, standing out in the feed, being bright, colorful, showing human connection with video and pictures. Um, Those are my best tips in terms of how I got to where I am today. Okay, Jason Johnson. My podcast is new, 14 episodes, personal development stuff, very passionate leadership roles. How do I best market my passion and monitor it? Okay, I think you mean how do you monitor your podcast, like in terms of your analytics? So first of all, I mentioned this already, but you want to advertise where the podcast listeners are. So there's many ways that you can do that. You can go on other podcasts in your space. So other leadership podcasts, personal development, self-improvement podcasts. You can go on other podcasts in your space so that people start to learn about your show. You can also advertise on other podcasts in your space and buy a mid-roll or pre-roll commercial on those podcasts. And there's platforms like podcorn.com, advertisecast.com that you can buy commercials on. And then you can also buy like banner ads in-app on platforms like Overcast and Podcast Republic and things like that. Um, You can actually buy advertisements to advertise your podcast. So that's one way if you want to be directly where the podcast listeners are. And then of course, social media, build a community. My first, you know, 100,000 listens were from LinkedIn, basically. Uh, That's where everybody knew me from. And I grew my personal brand and following on here. And 
I would say the one-to-one DMs were super important. So when I first launched, I had about 2,000 followers and I would message one by one in my DMs a link to my podcast and I would tell them a bit about my show and then I would also ask them for feedback. I would ask them to listen and let me know what they thought and to give me their feedback and that got people really engaged in my journey because they would listen and they would either be like, oh my gosh, I love your show. You did such a great job. Or they would give me constructive criticism like, oh, you know, I think that, you know, you could have done better here. You could have done better there. And then I would have a conversation with them and I always respected them. And and I grew my community and friends one by one that way. Um, The other tip that I can give is to follow your competition. Is there somebody else in the podcast space? So me, for example, in the self-improvement space, who's gaining a lot of traction on your social media platform of choice and see who's liking and commenting on their stuff. Those people are your fans. Those people are your potential new fans. So what do you do? You engage with them. You ask them to connect. You comment on their posts. You start to be part of the community. And then the last thing I'll say is create a tribe of other podcasters that are at your level. So new podcasters, have swaps with them, go on each other's shows, swap commercials with them, uh, support each other's links, and just start a community. Um, That's what I did. I have a community of 50 podcasters. Uh, Some of them are like Quentin alums, Mark Metry, Jordan Paris. They're all like sort of on my level and we support each other. So I would find people who are on your level and start your own community too, because I think that's really beneficial. From Jerry, why do you think Clubhouse is better than other platforms? I think that's a good one. So Clubhouse makes you feel connected. You see here how you guys are typing in the chat. In Clubhouse, it's an audio-only app. And I would be able to hear your voice. And it's a lot different to hear your voice out. And, you know, it's not just one line of text. I would be able to, you know, have a conversation with you. I'd be able to ask you back and forth questions and just get to know you better. You actually feel like you spent time with the people that you're in the room with. And it's it's much different than any other social media platform in that regard. You actually feel like you went to an event and you spent time with people And it's different than a Zoom because it's a little bit more uh, casual. I mean, there's no video, so you can literally be in your PJs in bed and having a conversation with uh, Amber Rose. For example, I was in a room with Amber Rose moderating an event, and I was, like, sitting in my bed in my pajamas uh, talking to Amber Rose, and it's just surreal, you know? And it just gives you the opportunity to speak directly with people who you would never be able to speak directly with. And it also is weeding out the fakers from the real folks in the industry. So, for example, like a lot of people like kind of say they have a lot of relationships and and, uh, they might have a lot of followers, but they really don't know anyone or they bought their followers or whatever it was. And it's just cool, like when you have real connections to be like pulled up to moderate those rooms uh, because you did the work and you really have those connections. Um, So that's what I would say. I would say it's just like real different in terms of the level of connection that that app brings. All right. So I'm going to take this last question. What is your favorite episode of Yap? It's a good one. My favorite latest episode of Yap is the one with Tim Story. That was an amazing interview. I think he cried and I cried. Uh, We both cried in that interview. So I loved that one. My all-time favorite has to be Robert Greene, episodes 43 and 44. That was a two-part episode and went viral. Everybody loves that episode. 
And those are my two like all-time favorites. I also love episode number five. That's uh, getting things done or getting shit done with David Allen. That was one of my biggest first interviews. And I was super nervous. And you could tell that I was nervous, but it, it was like a really great job, even though I was so nervous. And Tim was on that show and, and uh, David was making fun of him or, and was kind of mean to him. So that's like a funny episode to listen to if, if you guys are interested. And Enrico from Orlando, what's going on? All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining this impromptu LinkedIn Live. Thanks for all the questions. Thanks for spending time with me. And I'll see you again the next time an interview gets canceled. I'll hop on here like I always do impromptu. Thank you guys so much. I love you all. And thank you all for your support. And have a great night.